Welcome to the Cult of Domesticity podcast, where two best friends tell each other stories about history, true crime, and other shenanigans. I'm Courtney. And I'm Ashley. So, how's it going, Ashley? About, well, okay, so... Yeah, we should... I feel like we should have skipped this part, because not a whole lot has changed since the last time we recorded, except that um, the family member that we talked about last time is doing better. Yay! So that's good. Um, She had a really good night. And I guess was sitting up and is like ready to talk to friends and stuff. So last I heard it anyway. She's yeah, for once we're not recording like a week apart or a yeah, couple days apart. Like, like a day. Yeah, it's really not even 24 hours. No. But that's kind of my fault. So sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I failed to sacrifice a small child. So no days off next week except for Sunday. Yeah. And you'll have to use that to make your recipe. So and kill the next small child. Yeah. Find one. <laughs> sacrifice it i have a small nephew i really shouldn't be talking about <laughs> really like this is not the path i want to go down okay so this week we're gonna talk about the shakers not the quakers the shakers it's a subtle but important difference yes okay let's get down to shaking not quaking let's get down to, to business, business. To- okay okay again we can't afford those royalties <laughs> We'll just bleep every other word. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Just go. So, Shakers were founded in 1747 in Manchester, England. I cannot do a Manchester accent. I would try, but fail miserably. Let's just gloss over (laughs) that entirely. From a group of dissenting Quakers, a.k.a. Quaker Oats people, or people who founded Pennsylvania. Same group. Same group. Um with only a handful of Shakers coming to North America in 1774. It's about 30 years after they're founded. They go head over to North America. That sounds about right. It took the pilgrims about that long to get over there. Well, they went to Holland, too. That's what Um, I mean. It was like 30 years-ish. No? So, this is kind of like a little brief summary, and then we're going to go into the nuts and bolts. Uh, They went over a lot lot of converts in America, and they had roughly 6,000 members before the Civil War. That's kind of a big following. Yeah, for this weird small sect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's bigger than I thought it was. Uh, well, that's because there is only one active community in Sabbath Day, Maine. <laughs> left. Of course they're in Maine. Yep. That makes so much sense. Okay. Uh, But as a group, they have really impacted the way the U.S. sees religion and culture. So And furniture. That's what I'm Throw that out there. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Let's get down to brass tacks. Don't judge me. I'm petting my fat cat's tummy. It's too late. So how did this weird group called the Shakers form? Uh, They, like most things, we've talked about Protestantism. They're a splinter group. They didn't like mommy and daddy's family, so they left. I enjoy the characterization of Protestantism as a bratty teenager. Yeah. Makes the Catholic in me very happy. <laughs> well, well I'm, I'm assuming mom is like Catholicism because she gave birth to all the other ones. And then Lutheranism is the dad because he was the first one that's kind of like, eh. Went for cigarettes and never came back. Yeah. <laughs> Really, oh. unless unless you want to make like dad 
uh, Judaism in that case. That gets real weird, though. It gets real weird. (laughs) I don't know. As we've discussed before with Martin Luther, the Protestant Reformation began in 1517. Am I dyslexic? Numeralexic? I don't know. Um, Discalculia. That's what it's called. Protestant Reformation, and then there's a lot of new technologies coming around, along with new global trade routes have really changed Europe and the rest of the world. This is combined with, like what we said, they're now putting uh, religious texts into the vernacular, and all this new information is also in the vernacular, so everyone can read it. Woo-hoo. Assuming they know how to read. More people than you... I mean, at that point, yeah. Well, more people than you think knew how to read at that point. They didn't know how to read a lot, but they probably could read a decent amount. Fair enough. All right. Paragraph. (laughs) Uh, um, So, in Elizabethan England, so we're fast forwarding to late 1500s at this point, the Puritans were already separated from the Church of England. And then this causes more splintering because, you know, your awkward child then has her own awkward family and they keep splintering because they're fighting. And her awkward daughter splits off and is like, no, I don't believe in the Trinity. I believe you have to be baptized as an adult. All those things. Ashley's slowly internally dying, waiting for me to be smited. Nah. Nah. That's not not why I'm dying. Okay. Okay. So, you have the Puritans break off, and then you get the Baptist Church, woo Quakers, French Camisards. Never heard of them. It's like Camisards. Oh, no, I just never heard of them. Oh, okay. Um, the Community of True Inspiration, uh, the First Unitarian Tract, various Anabaptists, and Malarian groups, Methodists, woo-woo, and others. Shout it out. Uh, basically, a lot of the people were like, gosh, mainstream Protestant churches are so uh, strict on their interpretation of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. As if that's a bad thing, though? Mm hmm. Okay. You know, how, I just want to know what they would think on all the singing now in church, like those new the, modern services. Or mega churches. <laughs> <laughs> screens yeah that would be, be one i would like to sit in on stadium churches we're not judging you we think they would judge you i'm judging you a little well she's ultra traditional <laughs> just ju- judging a little it's okay okay so two of these sects our quakers and our french camisards would lead to the shakers let's start with the french camisards i'm 90% sure I'm not saying this right, and I'm going to go with it. I like it. It's fine. Okay. So, the French Camisards originated in the su- south of France, southern France, in the 17th century, and so 1600s. They mm-hmm. were influenced by French Calvinists, which are not fun group. Our favorite. Do you like Helen Brim- Brimstone? They're your group. Do you believe... <laughs> that you've already been selected, that's your group. So, their name, Camisards, uh, originated from the Provence word camiso, or chemise, shirt, 
and rebelled against. Did they like wear hair shirts or like why are they distinguished by the shirt thing? It does not say. Okay. I did not find that. Okay. I was just curious if that was like a thing because it seems like the kind of thing a splinter group would do. Or they had a fancy, they were like, we will wear your, our, fa- our plain white shirts to say fuck you to the other religions. <laughs> In defiance of your lacy collars. Ha ha ha. Yeah, they rebelled against the royal persecution of their face by French authorities. So yeah, probably it was yeah. their shirt. It's like, we're wearing cotton and fuck you for yourself. Uh no, we're wearing wool. It's probably wool. Yeah. It's probably wool, and That's they're going to regret point. it in the heat. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Camisards believe that some of their leaders were prophets who heard the word of God. Red flag. Someone please make us red flags. It is a red flag made out of the wool that their shirts are made out of. It's a red wool flag. Ay. All right. Okay, so they have pref- prophets. Yeah. And- I don't know if this means they're going to war or not. They battled the armies of uh, Louis XIV from 1702 to 1706. So I'm guessing they're actually fighting. I wonder if they had their own army or if they just joined with, like, the countries that were already not super happy with him. Like, as mercenaries. Yeah, everyone's fucking fighting the French. (sighs) Right, that's what I mean. Like, it's not like there was a shortage of people who hated his guts. Yeah. Okay, so they lost that war, and some of the Camisards fled to England, where they continued practicing their belief, because, as we all know, England doesn't give a fuck and just takes in religious political refugees. They're like, no way this will backfire. Just everyone come together in a gigantic melting pot of defeat. You mean like Marx and Engels? Yeah. You should do that one. If I knew who those people were, yeah. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Oh, oh, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I do know who those people are. Fuck me. <sighs> yeah. They're preaching in England. They're like, these are our beliefs. And some Quakers were like, ooh, shit, that seems right. Direct quote. <sighs> uh, we know the Quakers liked the Camisards. Uh, because get ready for this title. Actually, several titles, I think maybe, or just one really hell long one. The Shakers Compendium of Origins, History, Principles, Rules and Regulations, Government and Doctrines of the United States of Believers in Christ Second, appearing written by F. W. Evans, and originally published in 1859, mentions them favorably. <laughs> Mentions a lot of things in just the title. I love, that's why you gotta love old school books, because the title has to get, it's like um, trying to get all your hashtags or keywords into one sentence. <laughs> I love it. The super long titles are just ancient they're, hashtags. They're ancient, um, not hashtags, uh, keywords. <laughs> search engine optimization. Before mm-hmm. it was, search engines were a thing. I thank you. You helped out with my thesis. <laughs> okay, so what he said actually. In the beginning of the 18th century, spiritualism broke out on the continent of Europe and was followed by the most remarkable religious revivals, flowers, out of which arose the French prophets. I'm assuming that's in air quotes. Uh, prophets is actually in quotes. Well, single quote. So it's not so like, 
air quote, split. Yes. So basically, to get to the Shakers, the Quakers and the French Camisards had a baby. Ooh. Okay. They had this lovely baby of the Shakers. But first, let's get to know the Quakers. Let's get to know the, I guess, I'm going to go with the mom. Because if the Camisards are the dad, we'll make the Quakers the mom. We're just making a religious family right now. So. I mean, that seems fair, though. So, Quakers. Founded in England, 1652 by George Fox. I just love that there's someone whose last name is Fox, spelled like the animal. There are a lot. There, That was like a whole spiritualist family, wasn't it? But yes. like the sisters? Or Different Fox. making that part up? Okay. Different Fox. I don't know how that one's spelled. I've only heard it. Okay. I'm thinking of the ones that like would knock on the table and... Oh, I know. sneaky and stuff. All right. Okay. So, what did the Quakers stress? The inner light of Christ to teach direct knowledge of Christ possible to the individual without a church, a priest, or a book as the final word of revelation. So, at the time, that's very, very treasonous and heretical. And I feel like you'd lose your head or get a little toasty about it. Get a little toasty. Here, meaning get burnt at the stake, as in executed. Yeah, get a little toasty. Get a little toasty. It's fine. You suffocate first. I'm just picturing Joan of Arc as a marshmallow. <laughs> not good. That is really not good. That's so bad. All right. You suffocate first. It's fine. Um, because <laughs> that makes it better. So, there is no official creed to hold the Quakers, or as they're known, the Society of Friends. They are very... They're They're still known by that today. Yes. Yeah. They're actually um, really big in human rights and stuff like that. So, thank you. They were the first ones to petition Congress to abolish slavery. Like, when Congress was pretty much brand new. And Congress was like, (laughs) no. That's why people don't like them. Because they're like, hey, you're being a dick. Although, to be fair, they're also responsible for solitary confinement in prisons. So, yeah. you, know, you take the good, you take the bad. So, while no, there's no official creed to hold the Quakers or Society of Friends together, like I said, um, basically they just believe that a God exists in all people. And uh, this is really, like what I said, caused them to champion social just- injustice causes or degradation so prison reform they thought solitary confinement was a good idea slavery women's rights so there was a logic to the solitary confinement from their point of view and it was that you access or like commune with god inside of you through silent contemplation so if you're by yourself then you have 23 hours of silence to find the light of god inside of you and then thus ref- be reformed. I don't want to be by myself 23 hours in silence. I mean, I did say they were right, but there was at least a little bit of internal logic to it. Can't do that. Yeah. You've, you've gotten the text. Maybe like 22 hours. Like I no. probably do. 23. No. That's a lot. No. If I had enough room to move around, that's one thing. Like, I would be okay for a while. But yeah, they did not have that luxury. So, during the 1740s, the Quakers switched up their process of worship where their their violent tremblings and quakings um, 
like how their name came about that started happening. So, you know. And in Manchester, England, oh wait, it was, in 1740s they stopped shaking and quaking. And there was a small group in Manchester who kept shaking and quaking. <clears throat> that sounded great. Uh, came under the influence of the French Camisards. So mom and dad have met. Ba, ba, ba. So they split off from mainstream Quakerism, as I said, in 1747 and developed their own form of a society of a society with James, Jane and James Wardley as their leaders. Were they prophets? I don't think or so. Or were they just like really good at administrative stuff? I think they were just good at leading. Okay. However, Anne Lee, uh, who would be the, uh, the founder and later leader of the American Shakers, and her parents were members of the society. So let's move on to Anne Lee. I love that there's a lady leading this. Cause I mean, that is pretty forward thinking of them. Get it, girl. You want to start your own religion? Do it. As long as you're not murdering anyone, I don't care. That was one thing, like, whenever I read about them in history classes, like, they were the first group to actually, like, preach gender equality and practice it. Yeah. Fairly well. Okay. Anne Lee, we're going to do her whole mini bio right now. Okay. Was born the daughter of a blacksmith in 1736. She was illiterate growing up and she worked and this is all according to their tradition she grew up working in a cotton factory married a blacksmith named abraham standerin also there's also references to like stanley or stanley in 1762 so about 30 years later like almost 30 years later so she married late okay they had Four children, all who died in childbirth. Oh, that's kind of sad. Yeah, kind of typical though. Um, so at age twenty-two, Anne joined the Shakers, and after twelve years as a member, she experienced what <laughs> love this. Uh, they de- describe as a special manifestation of divine light. I'm okay. Just- I'm picturing just light hits her eyeballs in a perfect, like, (laughs) ray of light directly to the eyeballs. She's a little blind. I'm just picturing now, like, that scene in Indiana Jones where Mm -hmm. they're waiting for the light, except for she's standing on the spot and it hits her in the face. (laughs) After this, the small society acknowledges her as Mother in Christ, and Mother Anne becomes the leader of the Shakers. I want to say that's really weird, but, like, I can't. Because glass houses. <laughs> <laughs> in 1774, Aunt Mother Anne receives a revelation it, directing her to go to America, also that a second Christian church would be established in America. So, bitch, go to America. We're going to have another church. Direct quote. <laughs> so, Anne, her husband, and seven members of the society that's a total of nine fucking people set off for America May 10th, 1774. And by the end of 1776, she and some followers located in Northwest Albany, New York. 
northwest of Albany and New York. And her husband had left her to marry another woman. So, going great. Things are looking up. Also, they arrived in the midst of the American Revolution. So, life choices. Great timing, guys. So, originally they settled in the area called, I'm apologizing to any Native Americans who know how to pronounce this, Nikasua, later Waterlevet. Um, they lived in primitive t- conditions. It was a real struggle. I love this. The land proved to be swampy and covered with dense brush. Great place to settle. Uh, they drained the land. They uh, correct. They created a stream, and they began accepting new converts as early as 1778. So they're slowly growing. So, like, did they evangelize, or did they just kind of let people come to them? I think it was more of they let, like, they preach their message, but they were chill about it. They're not, like, going up and be like, you will die. They're just like, this is our beliefs. If you want to join us, be super awesome. This is where we are. Come hang out. Jerk quote. Fair enough. All right. So, uh, they're kind of starving a little bit in that, Their principal food was rice and milk and sometimes fish. Balanced diet. And they attempt to plant, so, like, harvest their crops. But there was a lot of weight loss and fainting. I mean, that seems like a fairly logical result. Yeah. And they're up to 15 members now. How long did it take them to get six new people? Um, I don't think it took them very long. I think they 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 were trying to survive more than get more people because okay also remember she lost her husband so yeah however by the fall of like the late um the early 1780s it's getting better their crops are ripening they they're starting to be successful and they're getting more converts coming in the 1780s and 90s but as i said middle of the american revolution great time to come over i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure the rates were very treated it's cheap. And, uh, you know. I mean, financially, it's a good time, probably. But as far as security and safety goes, probably not. Something. Awesome. Yeah, it depends on where you are um, financially. So, basically, they uh, come under suspicion for not aiding the American Revolution against the British. I mean, they weren't aiding the British either, though. Yeah. Uh, Mother Anne then is placed in jail until... The governor of New York, George Clinton, releases her, provided that she didn't work against the Patriot cause. She wasn't. They were just all trying to live their life. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they didn't oppose, but they didn't aid either side. Anne manages to return in uh, Niska, Yuna in 1783, and this has become the location of the, head, uh, of the headquarters of the American Shakers. And they continue to gather more followers until Anne's death in 1784. Which, I mean, considering she was born in 36 and she made it to 84, good for you, girl. It's pretty good. And you survived a crossing. Look at you go. And four children. Like, even if the children didn't survive, she did. Yeah, you did not die in childbirth. Okay, let's get into the 19th century. Living it up. Moving on up. So, after the death of Mother Anne, there were some new leaders. William Lee, 
the brother of Anne. Uh, he was born in 1740 and died <laughs> in 1784. So he was not a very a leader very long. Um, not really, no. But he is remembered for by the Quakers for his undaunting stance when they were the Shakers were persecuted, and as well for his love of music and gift of song. So he was a songbird. Hmm. He was like he was one of those birds that sings really pretty, but is also like don't fuck with me. So like a mockingbird. Yeah, I don't actually know what a mockingbird looks like. I'm pretty sure mockingbirds are the ones that like they'll sing to you, but they'll also fuck your shit up real good. I could be wrong. Tagline for mockingbirds. <laughs> uh. They also got John Hocknell, who converted from Methodism in England and became one of the most inspirational members of the growing Shaker community. He was known for his gift of healing, as well as temporal assistance, especially during the crossing of the Atlantic. I don't know what temporal assistance is, but I'm assuming... I feel like it might be like bodily assistance. I'm thinking it's like helping people get across so first parts of the persecuted community get from England to America. Hang on, we'll look it up. Temporal. Relating to worldly as opposed to spiritual affairs, secular. So like Mm. the material things people needed. Okay, so yeah, it's so he helped out with earthly assistance. Then we have English born James Whitaker. That's how I'm gonna say it. I'm going with it. Uh, who was later after William Lee, and he was remembered for his strong faith in God. Oh, I, I mean, felt, there are worse things to be remembered for. I just feel like after all the other people, it's not the best. You got healing. You got gift of song. True. Okay. And then our first American-born leaders of the American Shakas are Joseph Machamp, and who's from Connecticut, and Lucy Wright, who was born in Massachusetts. Oh. So, mm-hmm. so Machamp really like is the one who formalized the religion more. He set down rules for architecture, communal sharing of goods, behavior, worship, and placing the individual discipline as the cornerstone for your personal salvation, your spiritual salvation, and for the community's salvation. So he's basically like personal responsibility if you're going to be saved and if the community is going to be saved. So don't fuck it up. Your architecture is wrong. You fucked it up. Way to go. (laughs) So they expand to have two societies in New Lebanon, New York, known as the Mount Lebanon Shaker Society and the Albany, New York, the Waterloo Historical District. So There's a New Lebanon in Ohio, too. That there is. Ohio has no original names, unless they're Native there's American. A, right. There's a New Lebanon and there's a Lebanon that are both, like, in the Miami Valley area. And one of them, I want to say it's Lebanon, has a women's prison, like on the way, like, between the highway and the actual town. Fun fact of the day. So, Wright immediately followed, so Lucy Wright, they had a woman leader after McCamp, 
Mecham, um, adds several societies in Ohio and Kentucky. This is why I know of them, because there is a Shaker Heights, probably 30, 45 minutes from my house. There is. It's very nice. I think, um, oh, I'm going to forget his name. Cleveland Chef. He's on the chew. Oh. Um, is it Michael Simon? Not crazy? Maybe. We're going to Google it again. I think it's Michael Simon. He lived there. It was a very nice house. He just put up for sale so I could see all the pictures online. It came <laughs> up. Some, someone shared them on Facebook. I looked at it. So... Michael Simon is on the chip. Yes. Because it's Carla Hall, Clinton Kelly, and Michael Simon. They are great. I love the chew. Um, please sponsor us. <laughs> She's, Courtney is your hometown girl, Michael Simon. I'm too poor to go to your <laughs> restaurants, but I support you and everything you know. Okay, yeah. So Shaker Heights, very nice, very fancy. A lot of very, very nice houses. Very expensive taxes, Is you're wondering. <laughs> I was. How did you ever, however, did you know? So basically with Wright and McCams, I'm pretty sure I've said his name six different ways, but that's fine. They have spread the Shaker communities from Maine to Kentucky. Look at them go. Spreading their religion. I feel like we're the sniffles in the song podcast. We just have random, it's like high school musical. We just randomly burst in the song. You're welcome. This is what it was like to live with us. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Bringing you that authentic Thompson Hall experience. Minus the cookies. And the ghost adventures. And pretending that our dorm was haunted when it was not. Back to business. So one of our largest communities at this time was in Pleasant Hill, Harrodsburg, Kentucky. So they had over 500 inhabitants. Doing pretty well from 15 really sickly and dying people in New York. Yeah. We went from commune to small town. So... This is what Ashley was talking about at the beginning. Basically, Shaker communities were known for their manufactured goods. They took up the new labor-saving technology. They even invented metal pen nibs, so you're welcome. Uh, The flat broom. I don't know that. You're welcome. A prototype washing machine called the wash mill. You're welcome. Uh, The circular saw, that was actually invented by a woman, Tabitha Babbitt. You're welcome. A special you're welcome to my dad. He uses that a lot. <laughs> waterproof and wrinkle-free... Fuck you. I'm sorry. Waterproof and wrinkle-free cloth. You're welcome. Uh, metal chimney cap that blocked rain. Damn, that's gotta fit great. At that point, they needed that on your plane, Ashley. Yeah, right. And an improved plow. You're welcome. <laughs> Let's all collectively together say thank you to them. Thank you, Shakers inventing this shit that helped us so <laughs> Ashley why didn't you thank them why didn't you thank them because I'm an ungrateful person you ignorant Clearly. slut <laughs> <laughs> I will accept that criticism thank you so why were the shakers thriving in the mid 19th century anyone who's managed to get this point in an American history class in the U.S. knows it's an era of just revivals. You just travel around like, woo, religion, woo, religion. Gonna convert the masses because I'm a traveling preacher and this is what I do. The Great Awakening. Yeah, there were two of those. Yes, there were. I'm pretty sure there's more. We just stopped counting. We only ever got to the first one of my history courses. I think it was, I think it was the first one. What? 
So this lasted from the era of manifestations or great revival from the 1830s to about the 1850s. A lot of traveling preachers and shenanigans. I'm just picturing like the tent revival from Supernatural. Not wrong. Yeah. Not wrong. So, according to Shaker tradition, Shaker tradition! Having too much fun with this right now. I'm not even drinking. In honor of the Shakers, I wasn't even drinking. So, woo! What restraint? Uh, what? I said, what restraint? I know. Heavenly spirits came to Earth bringing visions and often giving them to young Shaker women who danced, whirled, spoke in tongues, and interpreted interpreted these visions through their drawings and dancing. So there was a lot of interpretive dancing and probably a lot of abstract art. Yep, that's where I would be like, check please. I'm just going to use that in everyday life now, thanks to last podcast on the left. Backed it up. So, we're coming to the time of the Civil War. You know, where half the country shot at the other half of the country about slavery. Or if you're from the South, about states' rights. Because apparently we can teach two different narratives at the same time. Yes. Also, it can be multiple things, but one thing is really more than the other in causation for that. And if you say an event is only caused by one thing, well, then I'm just going to tell you bullshit and go fuck yourself. So let's go. Uh, Again, the pacifist problem comes up for the Shakers because, you know, war, apparently you have to pick a side. The Shakers would, they sympathize more with the Union. Remember, Quaker roots, fighting injustice, trying to be good people. Um, I'm really singing this time. I don't know what it is. You really are. So while they liked, they sympathized with the Union, they never would say it. They fed and cared for both Union and Confederate soldiers because they're good people. And they understand that sometimes situations fucked up. Cool, though. Uh, Lincoln said, hey, Shakers, because you're good people and you are pacifists as a religion, I will exempt all your males from military service. And thus making them the first conscious objectors in American history. You're welcome. I bet that went over really well with everyone else who was, like, not a conscientious objector. You mean the people who are shooting themselves in the foot? Yeah. They're like, what? They just get to not do this without the bullet hole? Or who have bone spurts? <laughs> Bad eyesight? Yeah. Can you tell I did most of my growing up in an Air Force town where that's actually a problem that can get you out of the Air Force? Well, yeah, you have to fucking fly. Have you not seen um, Little Miss Sunshine when the kid realizes he's colorblind? I actually have. Put that on your fucking list. <laughs> there is a beautiful dance by a young... Um, I feel like I've seen parts of it because I think I remember the dance and like... We'll watch them together. How about that? This will be our list of things to watch together. <laughs> okay. Which will never happen because you're too fucking busy. <laughs> I was say, we already have like five things on that list. I don't know. It's not an actual list. We never write them down. We should probably write them down. What, listeners, what you cannot see is how often I'm clipping off Ashley. It's kind of excessive, but I kind of like it. She, it's returned, so I figure it's fine. Look where I live. And tell me that that's not a normal thing. You're in the aggressive part of New England, so yes. I really am. (laughs) Okay, so 
then the Shakers had a hard time because after, you know, that war. <laughs> the war war. The war. I just, I just like gone with the <laughs> So, the war. That Scarlett O'Hara made a dress out of her curtains. So, uh, the industrialized economy kind of fucked with the, sh- the Shakers' high-quality craftsmanship and shenanigans. And with the lack of prosperity, they had a hard time converting people. And this continues to today, where we only have the one community, the Lake Sabbath Day, or Sabbath Day Lake Shaker community, which denies that Shakerism was a failed utopian experiment. Gotta keep holding on to your beliefs. So, basically, they slowly died out. Why is that? Let's look at some of their beliefs, Ashley. You ready for this? Hit me. Socks is like, I'm not ready. I'm out. Nope, Socks wants to get closer for it. Oh, he's into it. He's he's getting into it. (laughs) Are you into it, Socks? And he left. Like everyone does. Right, Edgelord. Jesus. I don't know who Edgelord is. It's not an actual person. It's an archetype. Just Google it. It's fine. So the Shakers believed... Now I realize it sounds like communism, but it's just utopianism, which is basically communism, but in different standards. So, communal life, based on a common ownership of property goods, celibate purity, and confession of sins. That probably had something to do with them dying out then, that celibacy bit. If everyone's sticking to the celibacy real good. Yeah. So, they did not believe in procreation. No sex. Uh, but you could adopt children or allow converts into your community. You could just adopt a shit ton of kids and keep it going. Uh, however, adopted children were given a choice at 21 whether to remain in the community or go off into the world. Do you want to? Do you want to procreate, or you do? Do you not want to procreate? Depends how much you enjoy being around everyone you've ever known and loved. <laughs> so uh, we have our advances of agriculture and quality manufactured goods as well as advanced notions of equality between the sexes and the races good for them so they had their when they were had prosperous communities and they were respected by people who had scorned them for their unorthodox religious practices so basically they earned respect from everyone because they're like even though these people are weird they're really nice and they build really good furniture and they made us pen nibs and a circular saw, which is a great idea. I mean, I feel like that's kind of where people are with the Amish now. Like, they're kind of weird, but they make great furniture. Yeah. So, um, again, like I said earlier, they're pacifists, citing examples of Jesus. Um, and they believed in opportunities for intellectual and artistic development within their society. So they want to educate people, and they want to make the world beautiful. Not mad about that. No. So, in their rural societies, they believed that good sanitation, simplicity in dress, speech, and manner were good things, especially away from the corrupting influences of mid-19th century cities. And what I know about mid-19th century cities, that's probably a good idea. Probably a little. Not wrong. Not wrong. I mean, that was weird. Uh, I mean, if you look at it, there are a lot of diseases going through. And all that. Well, that and a lot of people who lived in the city had dangerous jobs. 
yeah. like just to continue living in the city. So because they were a utopian society, they believed that they could form a more perfect society on earth. And in their spiritual theology, they believe God created things, all things in a dual order. So there's like a female and a male, a.k.a. equality of the sexes. And I love that we referred to them at the beginning as mother and father religions um, because they believe that uh, Mother Anne became a spiritual woman who could reveal and manifest the mother spirit of in Christ and deity as Jesus, being male, could only reveal and manifest the father in Christ and God. That's interesting because I feel like the Catholic Church does the same thing except for the church itself is the mother figure and is like the bride of Christ, literally. Yeah. Um, they are allowed contact with outsiders. And outsiders are allowed to observe their religious practices, such as Nathaniel Hawthorne, the author. The celibate Shaker families were not of blood relation. Rather, they just all referred to themselves as brothers and sisters. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Like they're the family they chose, not the ones that they made. Mm-hmm. And sex, the sexes lived mostly, lived and mostly worked apart. And they had communal housing that could house up to 100 people. So that's kind of nice. It's kind of like a dorm, but every day. Yeah. Honestly, it sounds sort of like a religious community, like capital R. Yeah. Like nuns and, and monks and stuff. Yeah. In the community meeting houses um, where their worship took place, they sat, the sexes sat in separate rows. And... The spontaneous dancing that I brought up earlier was spontaneous until the early 1800s when it re- was replaced by choreographed dancing, which there is pictures on our Facebook page, or they should be by the time this is up. However, in the 1840s, spontaneous dancing returned <laughs> until the end of the 19th century when uh, dancing uh, ceased, and then it was hymns, testimonials, a short homily and silence, which sounds a lot worse. I'd rather go to church and dance. It'd be a great time. I don't know. It's kind of a toss-up for me. But that is the history of the Shakers, not the Quakers. That was really interesting. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, it's a more serious topic, but equally... Yeah, no one died. Yeah. Two in a row. Look at us. Doing great. So this week's promo is from true crime true crime fan club which is about 30 minute episodes on different true crime topics really i mean she does great research it's nice and quick so if you need to have a quick commute or you're cooking dinner or something i suggest tuning in she has a very soothing voice very soothing hey guys it's laney host of the true crime fan club podcast if you're a true crime addict like i am then my podcast is for you It's a podcast for the ultimate true crime enthusiast, giving you a glimpse into the life and crimes of the most demented minds. You won't want to miss an episode. So if you're a podcaster who wants to do a promo swap with us, feel free, just email us, and we're going to give you all that info right now. So thank you for listening to The Cult of Domesticity. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, Chorus, Spotify, and Podbean. If we're not on your preferred app, really, how are you listening right now? Are you a ghost?
Um, but let us know so we can fix that. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen and help spread the word. You can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Domestic Podcast and at The Cult of Domesticity on Instagram uh, to get the episode tip off, recipe of the week, and additional information on this week's topics. If you'd like to suggest a recipe or a topic or a quote, email us at domesticpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We have fun making the quotes because we laugh at how dumb we are. So, <laughs> you know, send us your favorite. We have no qualms about how dumb we sound. Right, Ashley? Correct. <laughs> High five? High five. Wait, here comes Socks. Socks. Oh, He's kicking the tablet. <laughs> Double high five from Socks. Yeah.